All right, and then take our Bibles as we're doing that too. If you need one, just slip your hand up. Pastor will hand that to you. And then go to the book of John, John chapter 4. That's where we've been looking at, talking about witnessing like Jesus. And I hope that you have had a good day today. And if you haven't, it's almost over, so it's okay. All right, John chapter 4. Um, as we look at this passage of Scripture, it's, a, it's just a wonderful passage to go through. And actually, some, sometimes... Uh, as I'm work, working through this, at one of the nights, I'll specifically preach kind of the end of this passage, which I think is, I think it just, I mean, it's amazing, powerful, uh, but there's a lot of real uh, neat things in it and what Christ says. So, but in the process of this, as we're looking at this, we're watching Jesus witnessing and he, he starts in a natural realm, speaking to this lady um, at this well. They've traveled some 15 to 20 miles on foot. Uh, that's tiring. He's wearied, the scripture says. I mean, specifically, he's at the well there. Sixth hour, we would say noon. Could be six in the evening, but it seems to point to noon, I would say. Um, and yet, as you're kind of looking at this, here he is. He asks her for a drink of water in verse 7. And so he says to her, give me a drink. And, um, and the woman is shocked. She keeps being shocked by everything. He, I mean, he can't believe this, this Jewish rabbi is talking to her. Are you kidding me? Um, because a man speaking to a woman in public at that time in their culture was taboo. You didn't do it. You would even be careful speaking to your own wife in public. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, and yet we have conversations all the time. You know, it's not even a big deal. Uh, but it could even look like some form of, you know, prostitution or something even. And yet, so she's shocked that here he is talking to her. He's a Jewish rabbi. And then remember, as he talks to her, he speaks to her then of the gift of God in verse 10. And this idea of living water. He takes a conversation from the natural to the spiritual. And actually, I, I was kind of saying this early on as you're kind of taking your notes with some of that too. I mean, in, in, in number two, I mean, this takes courage. This will take courage. And you have a spiritual battle. Remember the things that we would face. We face, you know, the devil does not want you to have a gospel conversation with your neighbor. And so right away, I mean, for you to go into a spiritual realm means you're going to hit a spiritual battle. That's, that would be normal. And then not only that, the world tells you don't talk about two things in public, and that's religion and politics. So they're saying, we don't want to hear it, you know, keep it to yourself. That's great for you, you know, and so that's, so the world doesn't, and then you have the flesh, our struggle with our own flesh, you know, we want the ease and we just, hey, what, wait for them to come up and ask you, you know, lifestyle evangelism, you know, and, so too, and there's truth to lifestyle evangelism, but it's a little bit like lifestyle evangelism, you know, they, they're watching you mow the lawn, you know, they, they, they knock on your door, I've been watching you mow your lawn and you got, you got straight lines, it's amazing and you must be a Christian, can you tell me how to get saved? Like, I just don't foresee that happening like that, you know, I mean... And so the normal way is that God uses people to reach people, doesn't he? And he uses us to, to go share the gospel. How will they hear without a preacher? And so, I mean, there's a nature of how God has ordained it even. I'm not saying that someone could knock on your door and ask, you know, how to be saved, you know, because they saw you mowing the lawn, but I just have never heard a real story like that. <laughs> so I could be wrong. Um, so we look at this, then we go further. Number three was Jesus brings conviction using the law. And these are, again, the kind of the main thoughts. And that's where we finished off in a sense yesterday. Yesterday, um, as, I, as we looked at this, remember the conversation. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And again, this is masterful. He knows her without ever really meeting her. Um, he says, the woman, she responds, she says, um, I, I have no husband. And you could see a little hesitation potentially, even as she would say, I, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, well, you're right 
in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And actually, the one you're now living with is not even your husband. I guess you did speak some truth. In other words, I'm paraphrasing as I talk. But the reality is, is the woman is feeling guilty. And we kind of actually walked through the Ten Commandments yesterday because really when I, when I looked at that um, yesterday, this is kind of that mentality. We were, we were saying this, that you know, he brings conviction using the law. In one sense, you could say Jesus alluded to the fact that she had transgressed. Pull that back a little bit. All right, see if we can get back. I'm not sure what happened. All right, see if it'll stop. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if Ken's playing tricks on me either. You know, okay, I can't say he's not. Okay, just check it. All right. Because I'm like, yeah, that kind of went kind of fast. Okay. Um, so as you think about the conviction, he did allude to the fact that she had transgressed the, the seventh of the Ten Commandments. Now, in one sense, you could say she transgressed far more than the seventh. The seventh is thou shalt not commit adultery. But the reality is, I mean, you consider that. I mean, do you think she's, you know, has no other gods before the one true God? Well, obviously not, because she, you know, treats the relationship over God's thoughts. You could say, does she honor her parents? I mean, do you think her parents are like, hey, if you met my daughter, who's been divorced and remarried five times, you know, like they're, they're not, they wouldn't be proud of that in a sense too. And so there's an element where, you know, there's, there's, she covets, she wants more uh, in a sense. And is in one sense, greedy, she coming out number 10, desiring this, but not, but not, but coming up short every time. And so that's the nature of greed. That's the nature of lust, isn't it? You think if I just had this, if I just did this, I would be satisfied. And you come up short every time. You always want more. And so the nature of this is, is that's where she is. She is guilty. But my question to you really was what I finished off last night is, how do you, how do you say to a person, you know, like you are a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart, you know, and yeah, without them wanting to punch you in the face, because I think that's the normal response. You know, who, who are you to say anything to me? Do you, maybe you don't even know me, you know, like it's like, you know, <laughs> shut the door, like, you know, give a good punch or something, you know, so there's an element of going, I get that. My question is, how do you then do that? Because they need to come face to face with their own sin. And I think that one of the greatest ways is just a simple questions, questions. Well, you've heard people, you make accusations, you can kind of harden in a sense of the will, but, but a question can open up the conscience and, and even like the heart in a sense by asking questions. And so instead of making accusations, I want to ask some questions. And so what are they? Here's some that are real simple. And some of you may be familiar with this approach. I think these questions are really simple, easy to remember. Can I tell you in the past, I remember at one point in time, um, I did like EE evangelism explosion. Anyone ever do EE evangelism explosion? Yeah. And, uh, pr pretty amazing. You know, it's a great thing. I, they got these two really good questions. They got kind of a good map as you work your way through it. But in one sense, it's supposed to be like sort of like a 35 minute kind of memorized style of presentation. I struggle with memorizing my own kids' names. Are you kidding me? You know, I call them all the wrong names, you know? And, um, so that to me, if I can remember some somewhat concepts or those kind of things, or if I can remember four questions, I can get four questions. And this is kind of easy. This is kind of makes it kind of nice to help you get into the gospel. So question number one is simply this. Would you consider yourself a good person? So, so remember, as I talked to you before, I'm having a conversation and, you know, and I, I go up and I'm going to pick on this guy because he's just, he's got, you just look like you need to be picked on. And so uh, what's your name? David. So let's say David and I just kind of meet. I'm, hey, my name's Jeremy. David, nice to meet you. And, and um, hey, are you from around here? Yes. You are? Is this, I mean, like you're originally from? No, no. Where are you from? Virginia. 
Virginia, oh, okay. What part? I'm near Richmond. Okay, yeah, okay. I've been kind of that area, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm from South Carolina originally, so I'm not really from here. Do you go to church anywhere around here? Yes, I go to Faith Baptist. Oh, you do? I'm looking over at Pastor to see, you know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Who's your pastor? Caleb. Caleb, oh, okay, okay. And um, these are some of the things I kind of made a mention of yesterday. I'm kind of trying to find out a little bit about him. He goes to Faith. He knows his pastor's name and stuff, too. How long have you been going there? Um, let's see, just back. Uh, I was going here until about 2015 okay. with Calvary Chapel okay. um, with my daughter, and then we just came back this like a couple months ago. Okay, okay, so not too long. Okay, pretty cool though. Well, glad glad you're here. Um, uh, when I was thinking about this, you know, going to church, I, I'm off. I think a lot sometimes about even like the commands of God. You know, He's got those moral laws and stuff too. But I, I'm curious, you know, going to church and would you consider yourself a pretty good person? No. <laughs> There's only one person, only one good person. Amen. Okay. He's a preacher. Okay. No, no. Uh, so like in that, I say if he even says no, that's not, that's actually not a bad thing either. Because in one sense, if he's saying no, he understands there is a, there's a sinfulness about him and he's going to, and so I'm going to still go, go down the right, go down that track. But I, but that's helpful. But most people say, yeah, for the most part. I mean, why wouldn't you in a sort of, in a sense, I mean, you think you can always think about worse people. You know, you think about the neighbor that comes back and they're just cursing all the time and, you know, drinking on the porch and whatever, too, you know, it's not whatever. And just, and, you, and you're, you're like, oh, I'm not doing that, you know, or something like that. Or, or, or it's interesting, you can even go to prison. I don't mean because you did something. I mean, you're in prison and you're talking to somebody there and, and that guy's murdered somebody, but he, you know, would you consider yourself a good person? And he's like, well, yeah. And, he, and why is he saying, yeah? He's like, well, I've only murdered one person, but that guy over there has murdered like three. You know what I mean? So in other words, we, we typically justify ourselves with people. And we don't really look at the, the God uh, relationship in that sense. So, Dave, correct? Correct. Okay, all right. I'm so bad with Dave, so there you go. Good job. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. Just kidding, I'm Jeremy. And, uh, um, but I, as, so I was thinking about that. So you say, would you consider yourself a good person? You say... Well, you know, probably most people say, yeah. So yeah. I try to be. Yeah, I think okay. So. Yeah, and you know, as you, as you think through that, again, that's probably the normal response. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the Ten Commandments and God's moral laws, even recently. Um, do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? No. Okay. Um, do you know some of those Ten Commandments? Yeah. Uh, what would some of those ones that you can think of? Um, thou shalt not lie. Yes, oh. I have lied. Right okay. Wow. Um, let's see. Uh, I haven't killed anyone, but if I hate someone in my heart, that's the same thing as murder. So wow. Yeah. So you do have, you kind of have a little bit of a knowledge of the Ten Commandments. I mean, you've named yeah, it. So. Yeah, um, there's a, there, I don't remember what, is it the Living Water? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I've watched several of Good. his videos, and that's kind of like how he starts, yeah. right? Yeah, And he basically, he'll go through the Ten Commandments, and the first to kind of show. Okay, quit cheating. I'm, I'm, I'm going there. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Okay, so so in the process, let's do that then. That's, that's, what's, that's, what's, that's what's going on here. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so I've been thinking about them. So let's go through some of them for just a minute. Just kind of think about your own life for a minute, uh, Dave. But one would be is thou shalt not, you know, bear false witness, which means you shouldn't slander or lie. You know, have you ever lied before? Yes. 
Yes, okay. And um, you know, how many times do you think you've lied in your life? Too many. Times. Okay, okay. And what would you, Dave, call someone who lies? A liar. Okay, yeah, a liar. Um, you know, the, another one talks about, you know, thou shalt not steal. Right. Have you ever stolen anything before, even something small? Um, I've taken a pen from work and that's considered stealing. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, have you ever been lazy at work? I mean, if you don't give 100%, 100% of time, in one sense, that's stealing from your employer. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can kind of steal, in a sense. Uh, someone told me that, like, the greatest theft in our world today is Facebook, the idea of social media, because people should be at work, but they're really on social media, and they're not really, you know. So, in that one sense, yeah. So, if, 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 if someone stole something from you, what would you call them? A thief. you call them a thief. Okay. Um, you know, Jesus says you should never commit adultery. Uh, he also went on to explain that if you even have those thoughts, those immoral thoughts, you've committed adultery in your heart. Have you ever had a dirty thought before even? Or it's like, like lust after someone. Or yeah. Like, oh, you could see something, whatever. I mean, so, yeah. And, and in one sense, by your own admission, what you've just told me is that you are, that's just three of the commandments, but you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart. Now, if God judged you by those laws, would you be innocent or guilty? You'd be guilty. Then would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? I would go to hell. You would go to hell. Does that at all concern you? Yes. Okay. Well, you know what's amazing is is let me kind of give you what the scripture says and the answer to that. All right. I'll, and I and I go into that. But this the idea is I'm trying to get into a gospel conversation with him, and that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. How do you get into where you can then open up the scriptures and, and take them to the gospel? And, and I appreciate Dave playing with me that way. He was very kind. And actually, can I encourage you to, to even role play the gospel witness with somebody else? And if you do that, tell them as you, as you start off to say, hey, listen, can you play <laughs> nice? <laughs> like, you know, and then maybe a religious but lost person in a sense too, but you know, um, before you play the hardened atheist, you know, that's, that's ready to pull a gun out and shoot you or something. You know what I mean? I, I don't, don't play that part yet, you know. And so, but I say that, are you watching some of these questions? Would you consider yourself a good person? Well, yeah, for the most part. Well, do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? You know, and at that point, most people don't really know them. Honestly, in our culture, they're very much, I mean, remember, it used to be in the classrooms, you know, and that used to be normal. It's like, you, you can't even have that almost like in a courtroom anymore. I mean, it's just amazing how you can um, pull that out. You can teach sex education, you know, in kindergarten, but you, you don't, you dare put Ten Commandments on the walls. You know, isn't that weird? Um, so anyway, I, I go through some of them, and I, and I kind of went through some simple ones there. I like to go through lying, because that's an easy one to catch. You know, um, and then I'll go through stealing. Um, I talk about looking of lust, look, you know, but I would also say this is so that I name it. You're watching me too. I'm, I'm going to state the command and then I'm asking, have you ever done that? And I like to ask them too. And what would you call someone who does that? And sometimes they get real into it. Sometimes they go, I'd call him a liar, <laughs> which the more they get into it is actually wonderful because who are they calling a liar? themselves it's not me saying you liar you know what i mean and and that doesn't usually go over real well but it's interesting because as he's admitted i even told him this because like, i kind of went through this and and caught this i this admission of guilt you know by your own admission dave you just told me with three of the commands that you've that you you're lying thieving adulterer at heart 
Now, if I were to start off saying that, he would have been really mad, but he's not going to be mad at me for repeating what he just told me. And by your own admission, you've just told me that. So then the idea is here. So if God judged you by these laws, would you be innocent or guilty? And he says, well, I think I'd be guilty. Now, the truth is they, they might say, well, I'd be innocent. Okay, how, how's that? Um, and, and who knows? Maybe they'd say, because... <laughs> All my sins have been wiped away. I've been born again. Oh, really? Tell me about it. And I want to hear the testimony, you know? And, um, and I do like to hear the testimony because sometimes the testimony can be, yeah, I was in a church and I went forward and I shook the pastor's hand. <laughs> and that's all they tell you. And I go, oh, that's really nice. But you know, going forward and shaking the pastor's hand doesn't take away and wash away your sin. You know, so it's kind of helpful to kind of hear what they're going to talk to you about. They can usually kind of somehow reveal that. Or again, well, I think I'd be innocent because, you know, God's a, he's a loving God. I mean, he, he wouldn't send anyone to hell. Well, well, actually, you know, you're right. He is loving, but he's a just and righteous and holy God. I mean, that's, that's who he is. And yet he, because he is holy, he would definitely send people to hell. That's what you got to read scripture. I mean, it would only be right. But, but in his love, he is he has provided a way for you, the way to be saved. And so there's an element of going that direction. So again, but he, let's say he admits, admits his guilt. Then the last, that question would be, is do you, would you, do you think you go to heaven or hell then? I mean, if, if that's the case, you've broken his laws, what's going to happen to you? Now, again, he might go different routes. He could say, well, you know, um, you know, I, I don't even believe in hell, Jeremy. Okay. Well, just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it's not true. You can say, I don't believe in a Mack truck, you know, and get on 95 or something like that, too. And I don't believe it. And all of a sudden you read it, you know, just before you get crushed, you know what I mean, as it runs you over. And just because you say you don't believe it, that logically doesn't mean necessarily it isn't real. Um, and there's things you don't even see that sometimes, too. Again, there's a lot of things, you know, people, oh, I can't see it. I can't observe it. Like, really? Um, because do you see gravity? I mean, there's, there's you know. There's elements where you can just give logical arguments with things with people. But, but again, maybe they'd say, well, I think I'd be guilty, but I'd still go to heaven. Well, well, how would that be? Because Revelation 21, the last verse, says what? It says that nothing will enter into it, heaven, that will defile it. Heaven is totally, perfectly pure. It's where God lives. How in the world will you get there? Because you've already admitted that you have sinned against God. The moment you, for one thing, if you got there, heaven would be ruined. It would no longer be perfect and pure because you'd be there. Um, you couldn't make it. We couldn't make it. That's the problem. And so kind of helping him kind of see that. But the other idea is, is again, he just kind of stated it this way. So I think I'd be guilty and I'd go to hell. And so does that concern you? Does that concern you? If a person were to say, no, not, it doesn't concern me at all. I'm going to party up in hell with all my friends. I said, hey, I'm not, I don't want to call you an idiot. I mean, I would say probably ignorant. Um, but do you not realize what hell speaks of? I mean, the idea, it's like you should be so willing to escape it. It's like, it's like severing a limb. Are you kidding me? It would be like the people in the World Trade Centers who, who jumped out um, because there was no escape and they didn't want to die in the flames, they decided to jump head first. Uh, so, that, so don't tell me 
that you would be a big party engulfed in flames for all eternity, that doesn't, you haven't read the scriptures at all. And um, so that, that could go that route. That's not that route normally. Most people would say, well, yeah, it actually does concern me. And at that point, actually, you're ready to, to, sh to show them the Savior. And, and, I, and I say this because I wonder sometimes if we're trying to force grace and Christ down people's throats, and they don't even see themselves as a sinner. I mean, what's the point? Why are you telling about Jesus? You know, you need Jesus because he'll better your life. And you're like, well, I mean, the person's like, I got a pretty good life. You know, well, yeah, but you're kind of missing something down here. And they kind of look down there like, well, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I don't really see anything. No, but you are. And, and you're not really satisfied. No, I mean, I got like, you know, a couple cars and money in the bank. And, you know, got a good job. I mean, you know, but you are missing something. You know, okay. That's the wrong way to witness. Um, reality is they need to see their sin. And until they really see their sin, they won't have a need of a savior. And so again, how do we get them to see their sin? Well, let's bring them face to face with God's moral laws. Remember Romans 7, 7, Paul said he would not have known sin, but by the law. And so the law said you shouldn't covet. He saw how greedy he was. And actually, we need to come face to face with that. And I think one of the easiest ways is that's a simple approach. It's not exactly like Jesus didn't ask those four questions, you know what I mean? And so it's not like the only approach. There's a lot of kind of programs and things that are out there. I mean, I remember back in the day, like a netcasters, that's like a 45-minute presentation. But again, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's memorized and stuff. I'm like, whoa, I, uh, I, I struggle with that personally. And so I would much rather understand the concepts and be able to go, hey, hey, here's... And that now let's take you to the gospel. But in one sense, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm actually taking them to the gospel. And um, so I don't know what I keep doing. But here we go. Um, once the person has been humble, once the law has actually humbled the person, now they're ready for grace. And um, at this point, you need to know how to how present the gospel. Okay? I've just got you into the gospel. How do you present it? Okay? Um, if there were more time, what I would naturally do is actually at that point, I would say, hey, you guys, real fast. Okay, here we go. Ready? And let's pair up and let's practice these four questions on each other just to kind of get used to them. Actually, this isn't new with me. This is something called way of the master or living waters. I think it's a great approach to get you into the gospel fast, into the law quickly. It's an easy style of an approach. You can look up livingwaters.com or .org or something. Just Google living waters and, and you can watch some of these things. Actually, very helpful little tools uh, there that can help you in just being able to get into the gospel this way. But watch this even further because because with this woman, I'll kind of finish that off and I'll, then I'll dismiss this here. But notice what happens. Go call your husband and go bring him here. <clears throat> she's, she's feeling the guilt in that sense. You're right. You had no husband. You've had five. And the one you now has is not your husband. I guess you spoke some truth. That's that verse, verse 18. 19. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. She is shocked by this. You, you are a prophet. Well, hello. He is. He is the prophet of prophets, you know. But watch, watch what happened. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. It's like the you Jews say there, and we, we're here. We're, I don't think this is a smoke screen. Uh, there are times where I would read it and I think, maybe she's given like a smoke screen. You know, you're talking to someone, they're coming under conviction, and that conviction is good. And I would say too, as I'm talking to Dave, you, you notice I didn't say when he said he's, you know, a lie, you know, he told a lie. I didn't say, well, yeah, I mean, who hasn't? I mean, we all have. <laughs> Because if I'm laughing about it, I just lighten the load. And he doesn't need to have his load lightened. He needs to be brought under conviction. 
And so I'll look at him. I'm not gonna, I don't want to be arrogant, act like I've never lied, but I'd say, you know, he says, that's what, I say, yeah, that's what you do. You call him a liar. I'm looking him in the eyes and I'm telling him, yeah, you call him a liar. And I hesitate there on purpose. I'm kind of like saying, let it sink in. And, um, but as a person, as, you know, here, I don't think she's given a smoke screen, you know, like, hey, you know, who built the ark? You know, just kind of a random question. It seems like here she's saying, where do I go for the answer? Do I go there where you Jews say to go, or do I go here? And Jesus actually responds, verse 21. He said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. That's where the Messiah would come. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. In verse 26, and Jesus said to her, I speak to you and he. He uses the phrase, ego e me, the I am. Wow. I mean, so I look at this and this is, so now he's, she's so ready for the Savior. Her heart has been humbled by the law. She sees her sin. And now in a sense to hear, she is ready for grace. She's ready now to see the Savior. And so this is, this is the point. And so what I want to do tomorrow night is this, is I actually want to then help you present the work of the cross. To help you to be able to go, okay, so how do we do this? How do we actually share the gospel? We'll give you a different handout tomorrow. We'll kind of walk through this. And in many ways, it is so easy when you get into the gospels because, because once, once it comes to that point and they're saying they're, it concerns them, that it's, an open, it's an open book, an open door. At this point, I can say, okay, here, let me, let's go right to the scriptures. And in one sense, I can learn to be just a page turner if you know where to go next because the scripture does the work. I mean, that's, that's the, and the Lord does the work. It's really amazing. So, so tomorrow night, come back. <laughs> you know, I want to invite you back. Um, we'll also have that concert uh, coming up a little bit later too with that. So anyway, those are those kind of things. Uh, in, the, in the end, if just to fill out your piece of paper, if you're filling it out, here we go. In the end, if you present the cross well, and the gospel well, I would ask the question, you know, what will you do with Jesus? What are you going to do with him? Because you can either accept him or reject him. And even if you say, well, I'm not ready now, that is a form of rejection for right now. And um, so what will you do with Christ? And you take him to that point. Uh, I can't force it. I can't make someone get saved. Uh, but I can present it by the grace of God clearly. I mean, I could try to make them get saved and put them in a headlock and say, pray this. But that's not from their heart. And that's not helpful. And so... Uh, hopefully this can be somewhat helpful. Okay, uh, if you've got questions, we'll answer them probably after the service uh, just because we have a couple minutes and everyone's going to come in here and we'll get going. So let me close in prayer. Father, thank you for just tonight and just simplicity of kind of walking through a, a somewhat of a presentation talking through these things. And I pray, God, that you would better equip us. And um, thank you for your kindness to us. Work in our hearts to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.